Welcome back to episode 12 of the Behind the Business podcast, the currently music industry focused podcast where I talk to a whole heap of different people working in and around the music industry in the UK. This week's chat is with Sylvia Gargiulo of BIY People and Talent. Sylvia is um, from the world of HR and recruitment. I met Sylvia a couple of years ago when I entered the wonderful world of education. Um, Sylvia was doing the same thing and since then her new HR and recruitment firm BIY People and Talent has gone from strength to strength. I met with uh, Sylvia at her London office in June of last year, 2018, and we discussed a whole heap of stuff, including starting up your own business, uh, recruitment in general, recruitment in the music industry, and there are a few tips and tricks in there from someone who operates in that world for anybody who is interested in getting into this into this area of the business or just wanted to get into the business. Sylvia is a very open and honest person and is really keen to get involved with and work with those people who are interested in getting into the business. I have a lot of friends who went through the system at Universal where she first uh, cut her teeth in the music business and they can't speak highly enough of her. You can find Sylvia and BIY People and Talent on Facebook and Instagram. I will be back at the end to give you the exact details of that, uh, but just typing in BIY People and Talent into either Facebook and Instagram, I'm sure, will will, will work. Um, in the meantime, I'm going to stop jibber-jabbering because I'm still really, really terrible at these things, and I will let you listen to my chat with Sylvia of BIY People and Talent. Cheers. How is the new endeavour going since two or is would you still class it as a new endeavour? It's been going for two years now. Yeah, BIY people in talent set up in what July twenty sixteen. Yeah, so two years. Two years indeed, yeah. So it's going well. It's Mm -hmm. been a learning curve. Um, I suppose it was born out of a my background obviously was working at a major record label in an HR department and working we'll loop back around to that okay. I'm sure but Good. carry on um, and also working for a music specific recru- recruitment consultancy which I had I'd worked in HR and recruitment for 16 about 16 years at the point I set up BIY and I'd always worked worked for bigger companies and I always had this uh, feeling that smaller companies could probably benefit from HR recruitment and people development but didn't have the budget and didn't have the need so that's why I set up mm-hmm. BIY People in Talent and it's wonderful Work with lots of fabulous clients to the untrained mm. you're not just a I'm going to find you people to work for you you do you offer a number of different things that all come under the yoke of HR yes indeed which I do. includes Anything and everything which relates to 
people and managing people and developing people within an organization mm -hmm. so i work with some clients for example doing their in inverted commas hr for them which could just be you know looking at employment contracts and that kind of stuff or doing appraisals annual appraisals and people development i also do the recruitment side which I suppose a lot of people think, oh, recruitment agency, recruitment consultant, but because I'm quite a small organisation, mm -hmm. one and a couple of half people, four top people, half, bottom half, top, always top half, the brains, the brains, <laughs> um, yeah, I can offer something slightly different, so I often integrate myself in with the business, so I might okay. go and sit on site with a client, um, and because under understanding their culture is absolutely key to getting the right people yeah. for them. And run training sessions and development sessions, whether that's for interns who are just joining the business mm -hmm. or um, senior, more senior execs who need some coaching and have never had any yeah. people development coaching. Are you looking at tapping into the forever expanding services area of the music business? The label services, publishing services, management services, there's lots of yeah. more co small companies that kind of give away a service but don't yeah. necessarily have departments. Yes, yeah. I suppose any business, I would talk to any business uh, who I think I could help mm -hmm. or who wants some help and advice, um, whatever that looks like. I work with clients whose businesses are 10 people and I work with clients whose businesses are a thousand people. So it's, it's every single um, music related business who feels like they could benefit whether it's for a one-off project or ongoing advice uh, from HR recruitment and mm -hmm. people development and obviously there's a whole other side of what I do which is about future talent and young people getting to getting into the business side of the mm -hmm. music industry as well. Um, I'll come back around to the future talent sections. Uh, you mentioned specifically music. Have you spent any time at all outside of music, creative, entertainment world? Is there a difference yeah, there between is. what the creative industries do and look for and what everybody else looks for? Massively. Massively. I've had a number of jobs, well, a handful of jobs in my life where I have worked for corporate organisations and I use the word corporate in inverted commas lots of lots of inverted commas yeah um, more uh, not commercial but more traditional organisations outside of media I worked a couple of those jobs in my life and quite frankly it wasn't for me putting on a suit every day um, and not having like a, a common passion that draws you all together the core difference between recruitment HR mm. in the creative industries versus yeah. recruitment HR in other areas or is it broadly the same it's not you know people are people <coughs> I suppose yeah. in any organization with um, how can I best say this I guess working within the cre creative industries is different from a for example, a bank. Yep. If I'm going to go and work in a bank, or if someone wants to work in a bank and they come to me and they say, Silv, I need to put together a CV to work in a bank, 
I'm not going to be much good for that because mm-hmm. that's not my experience. But I suppose fundamentally, they're not creative businesses. They're not a business that people join or they're not an industry that people get into because they go, oh my God, when I was 14 years old, I opened a bank account and it changed my life. <laughs> that's not what happens. I'd love to hear someone Yeah, I mean, that. I would too. It, <laughs> much in the same way that I don't think anyone wakes up you know, with the, has the light bulb moment where they want to work in HR and recruitment. It's something that happens to you. It's something that you fall into. Mm-hmm. The passion part of that is the life-changing moment when at 14 years old you listen to an album and it, it turns your world upside down and that's what you connect to. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, it is different. I still don't know if I've answered your question or not. I suppose the difference with... A more corporate organisation is just the reason that people get involved. I don't think anyone ever got involved in banking. Actually, that's an unfair point. I was going to say, I don't think anyone ever got involved in banking not just to make shitloads of cash. <laughs> I'm not sure why. I could be wrong. I don't, I, don't, yeah, I, don't, I don't work in that, in that area. But I do know the reason people get involved in music or TV yeah. or, you know or other creative businesses and that's because they are on the whole genuinely passionate about that Mm -hmm. and they want to do something with their life that connects their passion and and what they kind of have to do day to day going back to the the business that you set up, first business yeah. that you've set up, yeah. how was that? Really? Did you le- have to learn kind of as you were doing it, all the nitty gritty bits? And I say to people... Terrifying? You know, that fucking ter- absolutely <laughs> terrifying, yeah. Definitely. But it's happening more and more. Yeah, it is happening well. more and more. I guess the, the difference for me is that when I started my career... I did a few PA roles and a lot of the HR I've done has always been really close to the leaders of the business. You know, I don't think any effective HR can be done if you're not close to the business and understand what the business uh, needs. I think people misunderstand what HR is and they think HR is about obstacles, like telling people why they can't do something when Mm -hmm. actually it's about educating the business about why they should or shouldn't be doing something and trying to create solutions to help a business get to where it needs to. Mm-hmm. You know, it shouldn't just be about, no, you can't do that. No, absolutely not. You deliver options. Um, so my first or one of my first forays into um, into HR, it was a split role between HR and being a PA to an MD. So I was in all the, no, it was a company of about, it was a company initially of about 70 people acquired another business became 140 people Mm -hmm. um, a really successful business actually and I saw all that because I was with the MD constantly because I was his PA and I was doing all the HR side of things Mm -hmm. so um, I was used to being close to how a business runs obviously that is a slightly different kettle of fish when all the money's coming out of your pocket and you're the one responsible for yeah. generating all the revenue. So it's been a massive learning curve. It continues to be so on a daily basis. Um, Do you reckon there's less barriers 
for young people, I say young people, for Anyone. people yeah. starting up on their own now? Definitely. Like, absolutely. I've actually spoken to, lots of people come to me, as I said, not just for recruitment, but when they're looking maybe for a little bit of career guidance. Mm-hmm. And more and more, over time, more and more and more people are saying to me, I work for this business, I'm not loving it anymore, I've realised I could probably make as much money for myself and have a bit more of a quality of life. Yep. Um, what, how do I do that? And I'm like, well, you work out what your business is, you put some meetings in the diary, you guarantee a certain amount of revenue, or, or gen, you know, revenue generation, Simple and you that. leave your job. That's what you do, but you need to be aware. That, that makes it sound quite simple. It's absolutely... Is it? It is simple to set up a business. It's not so <clears throat> simple to generate revenue from it. No. Anyone can set up a business. Yeah. It's not difficult. But that's, I mean, from someone who has done that himself in the past few mm. years, is uh, something that I was talking to other people about, is mm. that <clears throat> it's the bit that, that, for the most part, we've all got the least experience in. Yeah. And it's kind of the part that will quite often stop someone from doing it yeah. you kind of go well I'll go from this marketing job at this place to this yeah. marketing job because I know how to do marketing yeah. but I don't know how to do this running my own business yeah. and so that could be sort of the stopping mm. point so from your perspective mm. was that a hurdle that you found easy to overcome was there a lot of support around you or did you kind of just bumble your way through it that's probably a combination actually um, I suppose a blessing and a curse is that I don't like being told what to do. Anyone I've ever worked with will tell you that I really dislike being told what to do. So I've always... You were inevitably going to be your own boss. Inevitably going to be my own boss. Do you listen to yourself? <laughs> Often I argue with myself, which nice. is great. Um, but yeah, so I always had that kind of... Uh, maybe arrogance, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe self-belief that you know I could add value and I my way was the right way to do things uh, you know it pains me to say this particularly on a, a recorded uh, uh, basis but I'm not always right which I you know you had it at, at, yeah at 38 years old I can finally admit that um <laughs> but yeah I just I'd I'd spent you know 16 years essentially doing a great job was or you know not always mm-hmm. doing a great job always trying my hardest certainly and learning and developing a reputation and service was always the thing that came first to me I always wanted to be transparent and honest and clear uh, with people and uh, that honesty thing I think those relationships in my line of work was really really key mm-hmm. had I not have done a good job I would not be setting up my own business because all when I set up my own business, I basically hit up everyone I'd ever worked with, mm-hmm. you know, to find out what they were up to, if they could put me in touch with anyone who might need to, you know, advice from an HR person or recruitment person or whatever it was. Yeah. And that's how I built my business. It wasn't, it actually wasn't through, uh, I think it's very few of my clients now who I didn't already no, it wasn't like cold calls. It's right. all through referrals. And yeah, recommendations. referrals, recommendations, word of mouth, so, and all that yeah, sort of stuff. A lot of people have have talked to me recently about that. Yeah. Is that they've gone out on their own and done it 
because they could just pick up the phone and talk to people yeah. that they already knew yeah. to bring in work as opposed to have to go, right, I know I'm good at this, now I've got to get the people yeah. on site. Yeah, and it's a lot, you know, if you if you have, you know, I suppose in the nicest possible way, if you've been a bit of an arsehole and you've been working for 10, 15 years, chances of you setting up your own business successfully with relationships you've built I would have a real question mark about that because to your point earlier a lot of it was my own um, my own mindset that got me there but the other you know 50% was all the people who were willing to either give me advice or recommend me or listen to me when I was absolutely didn't have a clue what I was doing you know an old FD that I work with is one of my business mentors I know um, a fantastic uh, business psychologist who I worked really closely with and she's a great friend and she set up her own business so mm-hmm. I think the most difficult thing about setting up your own business is how lonely it is Yeah, yeah. and there are mental health implications to that when you're used to being in a team of people yeah, definitely. you know and I'm sure that well we, we were talking about this space that you're in yeah. that you kind of and, and earlier on and a number of people say when you're freelance especially if you're working from home yeah you're just lonely you're just in your living room or in your kitchen in your pants yeah 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 and you know you can get quite demotivated if you don't get out of your pajamas that day and all that sort of stuff so you kind of i've got friends who when they even when they're working from home for a day they still get up like they are going to work yeah they'll leave the house they'll walk around the block and then go back into their house as if it's their I walk, wish, their commute to work. I wish someone had told me that when I started running my own business because actually I thought, oh, this is great. I haven't had a shower for two days. It's <laughs> yeah. amazing. But that, no one in knows. your mindset, doesn't, yeah. it doesn't get you into this set of sense of, of doing anything. You're too laid back. You're yeah. too, oh, you know, I'll watch some more daytime telly. Yeah. It's fine. I can work a little bit later into yeah. the evening instead. And all well, that. it's quite interesting because there are pros and cons. Like, like I think last summer when there, we had two weeks of amazing weather, my working day started at four o'clock and finished at midnight. And in the day, I was out in the garden reading books and listening to music and that was great and that was brilliant because I was working from home. And however by the back end of last December mm-hmm. or November I was just like I need to go somewhere because there is no relief from there's no point where you walk back in the door at the end of the day and it's over and you switch off and it's yeah. your life is that the reason why you got this workspace space? yeah 100% it wasn't because oh I need this to progress to the next level it was you know what actually I need this for my own personal sanity. Yeah, sanity, definitely. I think, yeah, probably it's for both of those reasons. A, you can't invite people to um, come and sit round your house for a business meeting. Well, you could. Well, I could. You've got to keep it clean. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not, not a fan of clean houses. <laughs> I am really. Um, but also, it was just to have a routine and, and get out and about and, you know, like mm-hmm. for your own sanity to feel you have purpose. I want to touch on now, I want to talk about just the state of employment in the music industry. Mm. There's been lots and lots written over the past, I don't know, decade or so 
about the changes in the music industry, the music industry boomed in 99, 2000 and then just steadily declined and was losing money for mm. better part of 15 years. Yeah. Now it's in growth and there's tech companies everywhere. Mm. What's the state of it like? Is it, is it from a is it growing from a, an employment perspective? Are there new jobs all the time? Are there opportunities for people getting into it all the yeah, time? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I have very little spare time. And I suppose given that my business is HR and recruitment and people development, that tells me, and I am constantly busy. Like, mm-hmm. people, a client will try and book me in for some work and they call me on, you know the 1st of September, sometimes I say to them, I'm not free till October, I'd love, but I'd love to work in, yeah, in yeah. you know, on this job or whatever it is. Um, so from my perspective, all I see is growth at the moment. So Are you seeing new jobs being created? So are you seeing teams expanding? I'm seeing teams expanding. Okay. I mean, there's a million and one jobs in streaming at the moment. Right. Everyone wants to hire people who already have relationships with digital service providers. And is that there's jobs in record labels looking for people with a background in streaming yeah. to Anyone help their artists as opposed to new streaming companies or Yeah, I think it's we're probably pretty established from what I can see on who the major players are at yeah, the moment yeah, yeah. on that side of things. Um, and then it's just a bun fight for whose content is top priority. Yeah. So you need the relationships in stop. place. Yeah. So is it? It's, it's streaming is is the key one. At the it moment? is at the moment that I that I see. Yeah. Um, you know, I guess the other side of things is tech, um, and the but the really tech heavy roles. You know, developers and that side of things. Um, which isn't my special. So the people with you know the the ones and the zeros. Ones and the in, zeros in, in the background, as opposed yeah. to anything like that. What about the creative roles? And I'm not suggesting for a moment that stream, you know, pluggers for streaming yeah. and and tech stuff isn't creative. But the you know the traditionally working with the creators. Yeah. Are you seeing that? Is that because that was an area from someone who was in that yeah. for. A number of years that that was always the area that was shrinking yeah the most they were especially a and r yeah well we've got 20 a and r people but no one's buying any records anymore so we're going to get rid of 10 yeah and those 10 can can cut up the cut cut up the roster i mean it's the if i have say i've met you know a thousand candidates and I've probably met a lot more than that over the last, well, I'd really like to think I've met a lot more than that over the last so I've met ten, mm-hmm. that's an easier number, yeah, yeah. if I meet ten candidates nine of them tell me they want to be an A&R person yeah. it's the art what would you, what's the dream role in music oh, I'd love to be an A&R person and I say how many of them know what A&R is? well, they've got varying ideas varying <laughs> ideas. I say to them, great, you want to be an A&R go out and do it and then think about something else that you're going to get a job that's going to pay you, because you <laughs> so it is still very much uh, that is not an area that is growing anytime I soon. I don't think it's. I don't think it's. But it's not from your perspective. Not from my perspective, certainly. I mean, you know, fundamentally, <clears throat> the artist is at the heart of everything this business is about, mm-hmm. or at least it should be. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
actually finding the people that find those acts and help develop those acts on the business side are arguably the most mm-hmm. or one of the most important people without you know without having those artists where are yeah, yeah, record yeah. labels or and are you well, would you class yourself as a specialist in a certain area of the music business so record labels for example as opposed to the live industry or publishing or yeah, I mean, anything like that see, or do you kind of go I yeah. can do it all. Yeah, well, interestingly, so my background is obviously on the label, and you know, there is a big difference between a major label and an independent label. Yep. It's huge. And um, my background was within that major label structure. Mm-hmm. But obviously, my business, BIY people and don't, uh, which, if anyone's interested, stands for uh, Believe It Yourself, Build It Yourself, Be It Yourself. Okay. You cool. I did. Um, you know, my the services that I wanted to offer were actually not aligned to major labels they're they're aligned and they're specifically designed for independent record labels or artist management companies or Mm -hmm. smaller publishing companies you know so there's I wouldn't say there's a specific area and I'm always really really honest with my clients the first the first time a client came to me and said we're looking for an artist manager I had to go I've never recruited an artist manager before I think I know what they do my background was the label side of things, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and I said, I think I know what they, what they do. This is my understanding. If you can give me some time and help me understand what that is and educate me, mm-hmm. I can educate you on the recruitment process and how that best works. Yep. So my, and I will always be honest about what I know and what I don't know, because it doesn't, you look like a dick if you get found out, don't you? If you Very pretend much so. that you know something yep. and you don't. people that say fake it till you make it there are probably there's probably a a certain element of truth or benefit in that as Mm -hmm. well from my perspective if I am not honest and transparent I'm in trouble because that's what that part of what I base my entire business on yeah yeah yeah. um so for some people you know fake it till you make it Mm -hmm. works and probably does ring true in some areas but certainly for what I do particularly because you know HR and recruitment people aren't always seen as particularly well let's say recruitment people are often seen as you know money driven pound signs in their eyes if you think about recruitment consultants Mm -hmm. and I would like to uh, dispel that myth completely I know recruitment consultants who are the biggest bullshitters on the face of the planet, but I also know recruitment consultants who are fantastic, brilliant at what they do, and will make a recruitment process a million times easier. I mean, yeah, the people yeah, yeah. you want to engage with. And HR people, maybe traditionally, particularly in creative areas or within music, again, you know, I know some brilliant HR people who are really commercial and understand a business and listen to what the business needs, but there are there's maybe a myth about HR people that they're the people that are going to bang the rule book on the desk and mm-hmm. shake their finger. That's not what, you know, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. we're not doing that. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's important to try and dispel mm-hmm. those myths. For those 
looking for roles. Mm. Is it an industry that relies a lot on external recruitment consultants? Is it a lot of you've got to know someone who's within a company because they never really promote any of the roles that they've got going on? I've Do they have enough people just sending in CVs that they just go through yes, that batch? Yes, they do have enough people sending in CVs. But I would say it's probably a combination of things. Like most, certainly big, the bigger music companies, those who have invested in a recruitment team on site will have... Uh, company websites which have jobs posted up there all the time mm -hmm. you know it doesn't take a genius to google uh, you know, yeah, yeah exactly yeah. and work out how you do that and you sign up for alerts when jobs come up so mm -hmm. that's that's covered smaller companies can struggle a bit more because they might not have the resource or facilities to do that mm -hmm. but often they'll there'll be a post on their website or on their facebook page for a job obviously you know places like handle recruitment and arts and media they have jobs they work with clients specifically all the time and they post jobs on on their websites so mm -hmm. the, the two big music industry recruiters um i have a facebook page um but i guess um it's the more junior the job the more likely the company is to recruit it themselves right. so intern roles traditionally uh, will be advertised directly mm -hmm. by the company whereas the more senior the role goes it really depends they might use an agency it might be recommendations only mm -hmm. um, uh, and that's why having a really strong personal brand and reputation is important because you want people to say great things about you so that you get recommended for jobs yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean a lot of people would say that and I'm not necessarily saying that the music industry is the only industry for this, mm. but it is one of those industries whereby you can look for ages and ages and ages and see only touch the surface mm. of the roles that are out there because they are not traditionally advertised. So it doesn't take a genius to Google music companies, whether it's record labels, publishing companies, merchandise companies, live companies. You can, you can Google is a resource, so use it. Mm -hmm. Like, put together a spreadsheet. If you were starting out, for example, yeah, yeah. in the music industry, you Google all the companies you want to work for, you follow them on social media, whether that's Facebook, whether that's Twitter, whether that's Instagram, whether that's LinkedIn, you follow those pages, because mm -hmm. if they're directly recruiting, that's where it will be advertised yeah, yeah. in the first instance. Um, then, I guess, it's about your CV and how you put your CV together. You know, if someone submits a CV to me, and this has happened before, there was a candidate who uh, rang me up about a job they'd applied for, and they were their CV was awful. It told me nothing about them. <laughs> it told me that they that they um, you know worked in a shop, and that's like great, but this is a marketing internship. And this candidate was smart enough to track me down and call me up and say, "Look, this is my dream role." Like, it, in the nice, in a very polite way, not a, "Why haven't I heard from you?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, the, I just wanted to find out if you had any feedback because this is my dream job. And I said, "To be honest, your CV's not strong enough. Like, what do you do in your spare time around music?" Um, and they told me they managed a band and they put on their own shows. And they right. wrote their own blog. And I said, why is that not on your CV? And they said, well, I don't get paid for it. It's just stuff I do. I didn't think it was relevant. 
and that's the difference mm -hmm. that's you know had that been on their cv it's the stuff you do yourself that gets you in the door that proves you're proactive mm -hmm. you know i talk about proving your passion all the time mm -hmm. um and that's exactly what i mean by that like you know it's great if you've got a degree but that's not gonna guarantee to get you in the door yep. there's plenty of people that have degrees and there's plenty of people that don't have degrees Very true. but all do things in their spare time is all this stuff that you're talking about now is this a big kind of chunk of the and talent bit yeah. of your business the kind yeah. of the way that because obviously recruiters traditionally are being paid by the people who are who have the job yeah not being paid by the people who are looking for the job yeah but that does not necessarily mean that recruiters do not act on behalf of yeah. those people. So what does that side of things look like mm. for you on top of just, you know, on top of the advising? Yeah, I suppose for me, for a lot of, for a lot of you know, the, the recruiters that I've mentioned and reputable recruiters, um, my approach, because I'm a small business, mm -hmm. is I... I can I tend and because it's what I've always done is I tr tr tend to coach people as much as humanly possible you know if someone makes has put in the legwork in the first instance and yep. they've you know listened to the, my Facebook pages have a lot of advice on it you know about how to write a cv how to write a cover letter so if we take the the future talent side mm -hmm. of things yeah, so yeah, let's yeah. use that as a first example so the future talent side of things people who are trying to get into the music industry um if they've you know if they're following my biy facebook page and they've seen oh this is how Sylv says i should lay out a cv mm -hmm. oh and these are the things that i need to do oh, i need to create my own experience oh i need to be doing my own research online i've done all that and they send it to the hello at biy people.co.uk inbox mm -hmm. um and i can go oh, great they they look like they've proved their passion they've started writing their own blog they're running their own nights they might not have a degree or they might have a degree um and they've written a really good CV and cover an email to me, great, mm -hmm. of course I'm going to call them. And then I would have a conversation with them and understand what they wanted to do and provide guidance about where I think they should be looking and what area might be right for them. Mm -hmm. um, that's the future talent side, that's getting in the door. The other side of the recruitment or and talent part... I guess I was, I was more focused on that future talent yeah. thing because it's not something that every recruiter offers. No. Was that something that was very much in the forefront of your thinking when you were putting this together or was it something that you kind of thought in the process of while you were putting the business together, you thought, no, actually, I want to I want to do this as well. This was the first part of the business. Okay. This was, this was the, this was, this is my passion, that helping people, providing real practical advice. I am not an academic Mm -hmm. I am, I'm terrified by the education system because I left it really early on um, and despite the fact that I do loads of talks at universities uh, which is always marginally terrifying for me yep. so my that the my passion project and you know a lot of the time when I was at Universal for example I used to hire interns more paid interns more than anything else mm -hmm. that was always the thing that 
I enjoyed doing because I love helping people, providing that advice and giving the real practical advice about how to get a job um, in the music industry to, to make, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, it's a little bit of a running joke, you know, I would use is, oh yeah, making dreams a reality. But you really are, you know, when someone gets their first paid internship in music and they're like, Oh my God, I dreamt of this for years. For me, I was from a, you know, working class family whose mum worked in a shop and dad worked in a restaurant. So, Mm -hmm. um, and you know, my, my father's an immigrant. My father came here from Italy. So I think that the opportunities that I was led to believe were available for me were probably quite limited mm-hmm. so part of part of what drives me on the future talent side of things you know being a kid that comes from this working class uh, family part South East London part Neapolitan was like well I want to tell people something that I wish someone had told me yeah that's that's the kind of and it's practical like you don't I am seriously not a genius anyone who knows me will tell you that you know it's about hard you're too harsh on yourself <laughs> but it's about it's about hard work and it is about mm-hmm. just the practical advice like it's all very well for someone to say to you yeah go on you know Sony's website or Universal's website or you know Cobalt's website and apply for an internship that's where they're advertised mm-hmm. but then what's the next piece of the puzzle well what should my CV look like what are the yeah, things yeah. I actually want to know about um, so that's kind mm-hmm. of where hopefully my advice helps. I think everyone has a voice and some of us use it more freely <laughs> than others. Yep. Danny, I'm looking at the both of us. I know, I know, um, I know. And, 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 that's, and that's great, but I think it's about it's about being sensitive to other people's needs and approaches. If you see something happening which is not right, call that shit out. Mm-hmm. Think about how you do it. You know, I'm not saying get a megaphone and start shouting about it. Deal with it sensitively. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there is no place in society for bullies. No. I think we all know, you know, whether... I always take myself back to secondary school, you know, there was there's loads of bullies in my secondary school and they're fucking horrible. Like and that shouldn't be allowed no, no, no. to to take place on that junior like junior level where you think, well people are growing and developing, they don't really understand. It certainly shouldn't be happening no. in a professional working mm-hmm. environment. And actually, you know, there are processes in place um where people can deal with that stuff yeah and don't be afraid you know i think there's people people do get worried about mm-hmm. it's, how's it well, it's quite impact. a big sticky situation and i know I, I know people who have had to deal with it in the past couple of years yeah. and it's probably about 50 yeah. 50 that it's gone that the company actually took it seriously yeah which is not a great um it's not a great percentage, a yeah. hit rate, to make you think it's something that you can bring up yeah. either, which is which is slightly troubling from someone who hasn't yeah. had to had to deal with that. I think I think that um, it is tricky because what 
what's one person might be you know let's face it the music industry has changed a lot yep and you know i think that what was acceptable much in the same way that if you watch a tv show from the 1980s or even dare i say it the 1990s you know when friends was on netflix recently there was uproar from people going oh my god ross is getting so upset that his son's got a girls in inverted comma toy <laughs> no it's that kind of stuff it's time yeah, and yeah. things improve over time mm-hmm. so what someone who is now maybe 50 60 working in music industry might think is acceptable is not going to be what's acceptable to people coming into the business because the world has changed yeah, yeah, yeah. so you know it's all our responsibilities whether you're a manager or whether you're entering the business mm-hmm. now to have a reasonable voice um, and look after each other. Like, mm-hmm. that's look out for other people, make sure they're okay, and you know, help improve things where you can mm-hmm. because we're all responsible, like, we all have a responsibility, whether it's as an employee, an employer, or just a decent human being. Yeah. thing that's coming up in the next 12 to 18 months that you're most excited about oh god is there any is there anything in particular um i think for me it's always this it's the same it's the same stuff it's just watching people grow and develop and continue to succeed whether that's um you know people who were starting out who i've placed in internships or whether that's watching someone's business grow, um, or whether that's hopefully watching my business grow. <laughs> um, what am well, I I'm guessing you're also you're also you know all those people that you placed in internships yeah. at Universal, and I know a number of them personally mm. have all moved on to bigger and better things. They're all A and R people. One of them has literally just moved out to LA, yeah, and things like that, which expands your horizon. So keeping up with those people and working with those people throughout their careers is only beneficial for every, for both of you. It's the, it's the most exciting thing and. The, the thing I get most satisfaction about is when I think about people that, and you know, I said, oh, I placed someone in an internship. I didn't place them in no, an no, internship. No, I gave them the opportunity to go and interview for the role. They got the role. They worked hard. Yeah, yeah. And they've grown and developed. And now, like, you think about people who were interns and are now marketing directors or leading businesses. Mm-hmm. And I think anything we can, there's a little sticker on my laptop which says, uh, we rise while lifting others. And I think anything that we can do to uh, help someone succeed in their objectives, you know, to be even partially responsible for that little bit of happiness and success is amazing. It's like why I do my job. Without that, I don't think you'd you'd do all the all the shit bits, you know, the shit bits kind of go. And there are shit bits of everything. Talking to the inland revenue. Talking to HMRC as I was, <laughs> and they're wonderful people. Um, but yeah, so I think that's, for me, that's always the benchmark of 
how well I've done is watching people grow and develop and watch them go on to great things. Lovely stuff. Thank you very much. Thanks for your time. Thank you. Thank you very much to Sylvia for getting involved at so early on. Um, it was a really fun chat. I'm hoping to get her back on again uh, sooner rather than later as there was just way too much to discuss um, for just one conversation. Um, so it would be fun to get her back on. As I mentioned at the beginning, uh, you can find her and BIY People and Talent on Instagram and on Facebook. So if you're interested in getting in touch, I would suggest going through the, um, either of those platforms, either at biy.people.and.talent for Instagram or on Facebook at biypeoples. As always, follow the podcast on Instagram at Behind the Business Pod and contact me on Twitter at Danny Champion or email the show directly at behindthebusinesspod at gmail.com really like to hear from those of you who are currently listening please do follow the show please do tell others about the show please do give us a review if your podcast platform of choice allows you to it would be great to get some more listeners in 2019 so do spread the word and you will hear me next week Till then, see you later.